Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome. Here we are, another uh, field trip. What did we call them? I can't remember. DMT, DMT FT, Let's race one of the DMT FT. Got it. Um, <laughs> here we are right now in Kirtland. Remember last time we were together on a site, it was when we were at the harbor where everyone was kind of coming in and out. And now we're at the... Kirtland Village. Sawmill. Yeah, the Kirtland Village. It's so fun here. Yeah, the city that just got built up. And it got built up... Uh, pretty quickly because of all the people who started coming, you know, into this city and everything. And right now, um, that's where they've kind of been living. And we've been talking about that in the past chapters, right? Is people coming in and, and getting land and stuff. Well, now we're in this time period of what we're going to call a tale of two cities. They don't know it yet, but um, they're about to split the headquarters of the church into two places, essentially. Um, they had that conference that we talked about uh, probably last time. <laughs> we talked about with um, the first conference of mm-hmm. the church. And the Lord announces um, in just a second that the second conference of the church is going to be held in Missouri. And that's because they've been asking. They got that idea of Zion from the Book of Mormon, from reading the Book of Mormon. And now they are just wondering, well, where is this Zion? Can we build it up? And the Lord essentially says, um, well, why don't you go to Missouri and I'll tell you. So that's sort of what's going to happen. He's like, the next conference, I want to be held in Missouri. But we just want to sort of like introduce this whole idea of how this happens with section 51. So let's go there and first. And wait, before we go there, let's just talk about those two, those two places for a second. Because in your mind, you might think those two places are super close together. Like they just rode a horse back and forth. Um, it's interesting that we'll leave from Kirtland tomorrow. And we will get on a flight and fly for how many hours? I don't even know. I think it's 1,100 miles from here to there. So we'll, it'll take us, we have a layover, and then we get to Kansas. That's how far away the two cities are from each other. And Joseph is going to try and manage both of those places during this time, which is so crazy when you think of the magnitude of how far apart they are and in Kirtland, you have everything that's going on here with the apostasy within the church and that call to build the temple. And in um, Independence, you're going to have the same thing with the, um, the saints all arriving there, trying to find places to live there. Also a call to build a temple there, but you've got a lot of mob persecution going on. So it's not like there's two two separate cities that are just running that he just checks in on. He has got two cities that are like in dire situations, both of them the entire time that he is trying to take care of all of the problems that are happening here. And we'll we'll talk about those in both places. But what we want you to know as we start here is you've got saints coming out of persecution and then also coming from Uh, Europe and everywhere that they're coming into through the harbor as the missionaries go out and start gathering people that are coming here and trying to figure out what do we do now that we've got gotten ourselves to Kirtland or to Missouri 
what do we do? What's our job? What's our work? How do we live together? What does that look like? And that's what we're going to see as we start getting into these chapters. Meanwhile, the one who's in charge of all of it, you remember back in section 41 and 42, is Edward Partridge, who is the bishop in these places. And he got some instruction back then and how to run like the law of consecration of properties and everything. But now people are really starting to come in in droves into Kirtland. And he gets a little bit more instruction in section 51 about kind of how to manage that and how to do that in Kirtland. So that's where we're going to start. And this is to our best guy, um, Edward Partridge. Um, so, do, and have we introduced Edward Partridge? Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, one of the things that we love in 51 is going to be over in verse 15 is where we're going to start 15 through 17. And he says to these people, as they start coming here from everywhere they're coming, this is what this is going to look like. And there's a couple um, just key lines in here that you want to mark and hold on to. He says, and thus I grant unto this people a privilege of organizing themselves according to my laws. And I consecrate unto them this land for a little season. Okay, that's the first thing we want you to pay attention to. It's so interesting that here they come into this place and he tells them right at the get-go, you're only going to be here for a little season. Um, I wish you could walk through the seats of the streets of this little village and or the see seats. the store that they built, which you will see in section 89, and see the little houses and see everything um, that's up. We're in the, what did you call this? The sawmill? The sawmill. We're in the sawmill right now. They, they're going to do all this building up of things here. And I love um, that as you think about that, he says, you're going to just stay here for a little season until I, the Lord, shall provide for them otherwise and command them to go hence or command them to go somewhere else. And the hour and the day is not given unto them when they're going to leave, he tells them. And then this sentence is so important right here. Wherefore, let them act upon this land as for years, and this shall turn unto them for their good. Don't you love the thought of that, that he tells them you're just going to be here for a little season, but I want you to act as if you're here as for years is what's going to happen. And I think to myself, if they knew how short their stay was here, do you think they would put in the sacrifice in their poverty to build the temple and receive those blessings that they would need to get them through what was coming next. Because you would almost be tempted if, if he said, you're going to be here for a little season to just yeah. be like, oh, okay, just then let's just camps. kind of limp along and let's yeah. just do what we're going to do to get by. So it's just, it's really interesting that those two are together because, and how hard that must be. Like, it's almost like a little bit better if you don't know, but he's like, it's going to be short, but I really want you to dig your roots down deep um, in this spot and yeah. in this in this place. So interesting. Um, if that's a place where you feel like you are right now, because we all go through that, where um, we go through periods of times that are just going to be a little season, and they're hard. They're hard times. They're times of poverty and sacrifice that are gonna be just a little season where he tells us, you give everything you have to this little season and blessings will come from you doing that. And he mentions the same thing in the book of Jeremiah, which I love. Um, when he tells them, 
they're going to go away and they're going to be in that space for a certain number of years. And he says, and I want you to plant gardens and build houses and let your children get married off and let your children have babies. And then you will come out of captivity and go back into your place of safety. And it seems to be that this is just a pattern of the Lord, that sometimes there are little seasons of poverty and sacrifice and and you gather together and you help the ones who are coming to get established enough before you can move again. Um, one of the words he uses as each of the people come in to this place is that they will be planted. They're going to be planted in this place when they come. And when you think about that, it's just exactly what you were saying. Dig your roots in here because you're going to be here for a while. And you'll see that. And, and it's interesting with like... Like even if you want to take that word, like plants, mm -hmm. that like you can either keep them in their pots that you brought from the store on the counter for a little while, or you put them in the dirt. That's so good. And if good. you put them in the dirt, that's when the fruit will come. That's when the flowers will come from it. It's like, even though it's only for a little season, unless you plant yourself, like the benefits and blessings of being in this season won't come. Yes, that's so good. So it's cool he uses that particular word. Yeah, and it's word. how you get nourished in this place. Right. Um, you want to be watching as you're reading through all these chapters for that word planted. Let me just show you one. Um, it's in uh, Doctrine and Covenants 55 verse 5 and he says to this, um, he's going to talk about, this is someone who's going to actually go to Missouri and be planted there. Same word um, choice. For this cause you shall take your journey um, that ye may be planted in the land of your inheritance to do this work. Um, lots of times when he tells them where they're going to be planted, he will assign them to something like the printing house or the general store or whatever it is. You just love that word planted is so much a part of um, what's going on. And then um, I love also that part of that planting, when you look at um, section 52 and you want to turn to verse 13 there, um, and he's going to talk about their stewardship there. Oh, this actually isn't the right reference. Let me oh, see if 51, I can find 19. it. Oh, 5119. Sorry. Oh, yeah. 5119. I wrote the wrong one on there. 5119, everybody. Go. And he says this, And whoso is, a, is found a faithful, a just, and a wise steward shall enter into the joy of his Lord and shall inherit eternal life. And um, part of that planting and putting your roots in is then to become a steward over that place. And we love the three words that he suggests we understand for being a steward there. And it's faithful, just, and wise. And we took a little bit of time to look. You know we love the meaning of words, especially as you get into the Greek and the Hebrew meaning of those words. And we spent a little bit of time looking for what would another word be for faithful that would help us understand that definition more, and just, and wise. And so these are kind of fun. Faithful, he talks about, um, oh, you wanted to teach this one. Oh, yes, I do love, love so this word so yeah. much. Um, steward, though, I just want to, let's just think about that word for just a second. I'm just sitting here thinking as, as you're talking about it. This is a concept that we've introduced back in section 42 with just stewardship, that you don't own it, but you have this responsibility over it to care, to make it multiply, to have it increase. It's a, it's a playback on Genesis 1 right? Where Adam and Eve are to have stewardship over this earth, to kind of rule and reign over it and take care of it in a way that a king and a queen would. And so 
that's what he's talking about even in this little season. I just keep thinking like, even though it's little, I want you to really take care of this um, as, as a king and queen would take care of, mm. a, of a kingdom. This is your, because in so doing, um, you will inherit eternal life. And I don't I think he's that. talking so much about future eternal life. But remember, eternal life is to become like God is. And to know Christ. Yeah. And so in, so in the taking care of, even if it's for a little season, you will become more like him and you will come to know him in a more intimate way. And, and those, that's just, that's and really, love, really um, cool. I love, I want to just think about this before we move on to these three words too, because it's interesting and I'm going to ask, we have um, our cute friends Cassidy and Keith helping us to record right now. And um, it is pouring rain here right now and just beautiful. Well, I wish you could hear the thunder and everything that's going on around us. But it makes me think this, there is a scripture in 1 Corinthians 3, I think is where it is and we'll verify that, that talks about um, Paul's talking and he says, I have planted and I can do that work. I can plant myself. But then he says, it's God who gives the increase. And can you pan over to the rain that's coming down right now? Um, as you just look at this really quickly, when we got under this building just right after we did, I turned to David and I was like, oh my heck, those, those heavens just opened and that water, like there was not a hint that this was coming. It was just instantly, this is what was happening. And I think about those saints here in Kirtland at that time and them planting themselves and then waiting for what they would need in order to be able to live and to survive here. And I just can't help but think about those heavens opening and God pouring out what would allow them to put their roots in deep here and do the work that would be required for that building up of the temple and receiving the endowment that would end up being their greatest blessing that would come from this place. So these words that teach someone how to act as a steward in this place that you're planted, that first one is, is faithful. It, um, in, in Hebrew, it's the word aman. Um, that's actually where we get amen from. It comes from that Hebrew word. The first time we see it, it shows up in Abraham's story. And it's translated also in the Old Testament as believed. That after God made all of his promises to Abraham, you remember in Genesis 15, it says, and Abraham believed. And that's that word, aman, which is a word that means, faithful sometimes means things like um, building up and supporting and rendering firm. But it also has this idea of, of then handing it over uh, to God, saying, I will do what I can, but this is all in your hands. Mm. Faithful has that connotation of, I know I can't do everything. I'll do what I can, but I believe that I am like just, I'm putting my offering into your hands. And isn't that neat at the end of a prayer? Yeah. To say like at the end of it, after all I've requested, after all I may have promised, after all I may have thought, I'm now ending it by saying, but it's in your hands. This is your work. You will provide the increase. And I love too that thought at the end of a prayer when you say that word, um, amen, or however you say it. It's almost as if you're saying, I will be faithful to this prayer and God saying, I will also be faithful to, to my this, promises. Yeah, yeah, to this. 
so good. The other word we talked about was just. Um, so as a steward, you're going to be found faithful, just, and wise. Just means, um, can also mean holy and righteous. So I love the thought, holy would also mean set apart. So if you're just, it just means you, you have set apart and consecrated. You are holy to that stewardship that yep. you are working toward. And righteous has that meaning of being in right relationship with God. Like, I, I think that is so neat that, mm -hmm. like, uh, when they receive these stewardships and when they're planted, all of it is in, is in the context of this is a partnership. I'm in relationship with God in all of these things. Yeah. So good. Wise, um, we love that wise could also be translated as thoughtful. And I just love that as you think about your stewardship, that taking the time to be thoughtful about it, to ponder it, to think about what could I be doing more here? Um, sometimes when we talk about things like this, responsibilities or um, things where we are required to be a steward over something or planted somewhere, a calling, or within our family or whatever that might be, it, it sometimes can be overwhelming to us. We love this quote. Um, you're going to have to read it because oh, my from, phone doesn't want me to read it. Okay, from Edward Partridge. Yeah, it's so good. Where he says, after he was planted in his stewardship, you know, as bishop, um, this is what he says. I stand in an important station, and I sometimes feel my station is above what I can perform to the acceptance of my heavenly father. And I, I think it's neat to talk about like, I, want, I wish we could like talk to Edward Partridge and say, well, let's talk about what acceptance to your heavenly father will look like. And I think it's those three words. He's like, I'm just asking you to be faithful, to be planted in it, to like be committed to it, and to be faithful, to put it into my hands, to be set apart and holy, and to just be thoughtful about it. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not asking so for anything else besides Yeah, he's that. not worried about us figuring out what the increase is. That's his job. He will provide the increase. And you just love that he's like, could you yeah. just be thoughtful about this? Could you set it apart as something that's important in your life? And could you be faithful to it? And then let me be in charge of what the outcome is or what the increase is. It's just such a good principle. I loved when I uh, served as a bishop calling people to different callings in the ward. And this happened so often that somebody would say back to me, if it was a calling that tended to be a little bit busier or kind of had a lot of responsibilities, often people would say, oh, I think you have the wrong person for the job. Mm -hmm. And I would usually say back, because you said that, I'm pretty sure I have the right one. Because that is that spirit of, I'm going to give all I can. Because I feel a little inadequate, it's going to kind of push me to want to give a little bit more and to be certain that I'm putting the yeah. job of increase in the hand and of, it's, in God's hands. It's going to allow God to be part of that work, right? When Where we see our weakness is when we lean into the Lord's grace a little bit deeper. Yeah, amen. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you love as we go through these next verses that you're going to start seeing a lot of people get a lot of different assignments. And um, it's fun just to see who the people are and where are they going to be planted? Where are they going to go? What's going to happen? What's their stewardship? Um, yeah. You know, what is it they're going to be faithful to? So let's talk about some of those. So after 51, when Edward Partridge gets some of that, we get into section 52, and that is when the Lord says, I want the next conference to be held 
in Missouri. Remember, this is where they're like, where is Zion? He says, go to Missouri and I'll tell you when you get there. And I just like that he turns and winks to all of his friends up there when he says that. <laughs> um, but uh, you start seeing verse 1, like you look in 52.3, that Joseph and Sidney, he says, I want you to take um, your job and go to Missouri. There they're going to learn about this responsibility over two capital cities. They don't know that yet, but that's, that's where they're going happen. to learn that's going to happen. Also in chapter 52, we think this is neat that there are 13 sets of elders that are called um, in section 52. And you can see some of their names. Some of them you'll recognize. Some of them, if you feel so inclined, look them up and, and, and just see a little bit about their stories and personalities. But the It'd thing we like... tell people where to go to look for that. I'm sure we'll oh, do that at the beginning. But Let's just remind um, yeah, you. Two yeah, two of our favorite places to go to learn about people's story. One's called Who's Who in the Doctrine, Doctrine and Covenants, Covenants by Susan Easton Black. And the other one is... Uh, Making Sense of the Revelations by Steve Harper. Oh. Uh, we'll link them yeah, if we'll that's link the them. right. And they are so good. They're then, just helpful. And then the Joseph Smith Papers has a historical context behind every single section. And sometimes you'll get like what the story is and a little bit about the some of the people and what they're choosing and, and stuff like that in there. Yeah. So, um, okay, back in that 52, um, these 13 sets of elders, we think uh, of all of like their callings, we like 33 because it says... Verily I say, let all these take their journey unto one place in their several courses and don't let one build upon another's journey. And that's actually what they do. They all take different paths because the Lord's like, I want you to take, you guys go down that way and you guys take that river and you guys go just decide, but I don't want you to like go in the same path because I want you to preach by the way, preach by the way. He's going to keep saying that, preach by the way. And I really like that verse because it kind of says you're all going to one place to this Zion place, but you're gonna get there in different routes. Mm. And it's almost like the feel of this entire section is yep. one place, but different courses. Yeah, And you love that he gives you permission to do that. You, you take the journey you're gonna take, just make sure you get here in the end. And don't you sometimes wish we were better at that with, in our life and in our, we, we wanna always be like, this is the way that you've got to do all these things like this. And to realize that we're all trying to get to the same place. And everyone might take their several courses in order to get there. But the goal is to get there. And could we be more helpful at helping each other along the way? Yes, amen. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that for the rest of my life. Well, I do at the end of prayers. Mm -hmm. This next section, 53, is so darling because Sidney Gilbert does not get mentioned in 52 as one of the people going. And so after oh, 52 yeah, is, is given. Part. Say yeah. that again because it's so good. Make sure they get that. Everyone got their oh, okay. assignment. Maybe you weren't listening, but I, I think they were. I just want right? to make but sure they know. It's so cute. Everybody in 52 got their assignments of where they were supposed to go, and he didn't. So he came to Joseph after and was like, well, what about me? Like, I didn't, I didn't get a job. And so he gets his own section, and it's 53. It's so cute that and he was so worried he was left out. <laughs> also, you love that he wasn't like, well, I guess they don't need me, so I'll go find somewhere else to belong. I love that he takes the initiative, and he's like, hey, what about me? What's, what's my job? I know. As a bishop, also, I had people come when they'd move in the ward sometimes, like, hey, we've been here a while. I'm just wondering if there's something we can do to help out. Mm -hmm. and, and my first thought was like, well, you could do that without me, but... <laughs> I think that's so rad that you would ask because when I move into a new ward, I hide so that nobody... <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> but that is not true. In 53.4, <laughs> he, 
He is called, he gets two jobs. That's what you get if you ask. You get two. In 53-4, he's called to be an agent unto the church in the, to work with the bishop in helping Bishop Partridge to kind of help with um, some of these things. Sidney Gilbert was a business partner with Newell K. Whitney. Um, like Whitney and Co. He's the and Co. Uh, <laughs> and if you go over to the um, section 57 for just a second, just take a peek at that one because you get his other responsibility in 57, 8, which is I want you, because when he gets to Missouri, he thinks he's just going for a fun time, uh, and he gets there, and when he gets there, the Lord's like, actually, you're going to live here, and you are going to stay there. And so he's like, oh, okay, and he's like, I want you to start kind of a Newell K. Whitney type store here in Independence, Missouri, and I want you to sell the groceries, and I want you to do all the things. One thing we really love about him when he sets up that store there, because it's an everything store. It's like Costco. It sells clothes and food and all the things. Nobody loves Costco more than you. Maybe. And we're in Kirtland, which is like Kirkland. They're very different from each other. But I just want to say that there, it's like a, there's a connection there one letter off. I don't off. even know what's happening. Wait, Kirkland, <laughs> Kirkland is Costco's brand and we're in Kirtland. So that was an inspired connection. Everybody, Everybody. I don't even know what just happened there, but, okay, but welcome back. There, you weren't listening again. <laughs> I was okay. listening, but I love that part so much. I just want to make sure everyone yeah. caught it. You were talking so fast. Well, the rain stopped. Um, the, uh, so when he's there running that store, Parley P. Pratt's on one of his many missions. And when he gets there, Sidney Gilbert looks at him. He's like, well, you kind of look like a scrub, Parley. Like, I don't, you're not really dressed for a mission, are you? Why don't you, uh, why don't you come and let me see what I can do? And he gets all like what he can find in the store. And then these sisters who live in Independence overhear the conversation. And they actually come, and this is what they say to Sidney this Gilbert. This is so cute, too. They're like, you find the stuff, and we'll put it together. And that's such a, like, that is the lesson in itself. Yeah. Almost like the Lord could say that. Just, you find the scraps, and I'm going to put it all together in the end and get and him ready love, for his mission. If you could just give one sentence of this lesson, it would be this. How can I help? Yeah. That's that is what is happening here is it's a million people who are just like, how can I help in every single place, in every single city? And oh, what if everyone had had that mentality? What would have happened? Yeah. And this, and those who did, that's why you see what you see happening. That's so beautiful. Yep. The next group is that Colesville branch. Oh, remember them, how much we love them. We met them yeah, back at the when we were in um, the Joseph Knight's home. That was that Colesville branch when they moved to Missouri after selling everything and losing so much. They moved to Missouri and they move on to Lehman Copley's land. And you remember we talked about him last time that he offered that land up to everybody and, and wanted to be a member of the church and then kind of goes back on that and says, never mind, you can't stay on my land. So they're like... A whole branch. Yeah. All those cute people who we love so much are all of a sudden now going to be homeless. And they say, what do we do? And Joseph says, come to Missouri with us. And they'll be one of the first like big families that moves into Missouri. We'll talk about their story more next time. But just you see all these W.W. Phelps, who you we will know and love throughout all mm -hmm. this whole history that we go through. He has told um, in those verses you see on the study guide sheet, 55, um, 4 and 57, 11, yep. that he's going to go and he's going to be a printer and he's going to collect books together to make schools out there. Um, he's going to be a songwriter, you know, as you know. Um, and then we have that last verse, which is um, 5715, 
which kind of invites all of us into, a, into this. When he says, and now concerning the gathering, right? The Zion cause, the Zion people, all of that. He was like, let the bishop and the agent make preparations for those families which have been commanded to come to this land as soon as possible and plant them in their inheritance. Mm. Whatever it may be, each of the different families has an inheritance. One of the things that's super interesting about these sections is you have this group that is actually coming and they're being planted. They're, they come in with that attitude of how can I help and what can I do and put me to work. But also within these verses, there are the people who don't want to be planted, who aren't wanting to really help further the work. And it's just interesting to watch the, the two of those things side by side. If you turn to 56, this is where you see most of that happening. In verse 2, he talks about, and he that will not take up his cross and follow me and keep my commandments. Um, and in verse 3, he that will not obey shall be cut off in my own due time. And um, in 14, you have many things to do and repent of before your sins, have, for behold, your sins have come up unto me. And you are not pardoned because you seek to counsel in your own way. And then this is so interesting in verse 15. And your hearts are not satisfied. Um, when you think about the first lesson, when he said, you're going to come here for a little season, but act as for years if you're here. And it's almost as if he's saying to them, become content with mm -hmm. this place and this situation and live in it and settle into it and give your best, give your finest to this place. And yet there are some who are here and this is, that's how they're, um, it's a perfect explanation for them. Your hearts are not satisfied. And throughout this story, we're gonna see so many people who end up just being troublesome for the church for that very reason. Yeah, because their hearts just are never satisfied. Right, and that's, that's so interesting that you bring that up because it really seems like the thing that gets in the way for people is these these false expectations that they have mm. and they're sort of disappointed in how it was supposed to be you know they're like well, i thought i would see this and i and i didn't think prophets were supposed to do that and instead yeah, of it'd be fun to tell some of those of seeing, stories yeah right let's here. let's so look fun, and then go we'll come to, back um, to this verse that that will bring it back look in 52 some of these people that as you go through um ezra booth let's look at him he's in verse 23 gets called to go and he was um, one, um, I can't remember if we've told this story or not, but he's the one who saw Joseph Smith heal the arm of Elsa Johnson. For mm -hmm. years, she'd had a crippled arm and um, couldn't do any of her, her work or Laundry. anything. Couldn't even lift her hand above, like, um, very high up. And someone in conversation actually said, wouldn't it be great if the miracles of the New Testament existed today? And the conversation kind of turned and kept going. And Joseph took Elsa aside yeah, kind of quietly. Yeah, when it happened. She was there. Because they were talking in reference to her arm. And he took her uh, aside kind of quietly and just said, In the name of Jesus Christ, I, I command your arm to be made whole. And then kind of leaves and does it quietly. And Ezra Booth saw it. And he said that after he said it, she saw, he saw her lift up her arm. And then the next day she was back to just doing her normal like housework. And that's why he kind of comes into the church is because he sees that. Well, when he gets called to Missouri, first of all, he was so mad he had to walk. And he was so mad he had to preach, by the way. He was like, I just want to get there. I don't want to <laughs> preach. And when he got there, he said, I saw no miracles. And so he was super disappointed. And he was like, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. Another guy, verse 35, Joseph Wakefield. Um, he's one who, he said he was in the home of the prophet and 
he comes down from working on the Joseph Smith translation and uh, just starts wrestling with his kids on the floor. And he's like, prophets should not wrestle. That's not, you know, in the call. That's not the dignity of their calling. And, and how that many times do we him. see that and, today? Yeah. <laughs> this is, the prophet shouldn't do that. The prophet shouldn't talk about that. The prophet shouldn't enter into, you know, that place. That it's so interesting that that's still part right. of our culture. And they're and just our, the wrong expectations. Yeah, You're kind of like, wait, who told you? What the prophets don't do that. And yeah. who told you that you should have seen miracles, miracles or, or our favorite one in here? Well, let's yes. bring him in. <laughs> 37, Simon's writer. Um, he actually never goes on the mission because when he gets his mission call, his name is spelt wrong. And he is so offended by that. He's like, if this was from the Holy Spirit, he would have known how to spell my name. Hmm. And so he's like, I'm not going to be a part of this. And this is, I, we really shouldn't even say this. Should we but the not? Best, I'm going to. <laughs> the most ironic part of the story that's so fun is if you go visit his grave where he's buried here, they misspelled his name oh. on the tombstone. <laughs> that is true. It's oh, true that, that it's misspelled so on there. I know. But here it is, right? Where he, he has this thing in his mind that he's just like, um, this is how inspiration works. It works like this. It gets things right to the T, you know, no pun intended. But it's just kind of like, whoever said that? Got, instead of Sidney Gilbert's spot where he's like, just bring the scraps, yeah. be faithful, just, and wise, and I will provide the increase in the way that I provide the increase. Oh, and it's so true. It's just the, see difference the difference between, between a heart those. that can't be satisfied and a heart that says, how can I help? Yes. And don't you wish in a situation where your heart might go to not being satisfied because you see that something is not quite right there or the way you wanted it to be or the way you thought it should be done, instead of complaining, what if we entered into that situation saying, I see that something's not quite right here. How can I help in this situation? What would happen? You love in 17 that he just, he defines that just a little bit better where he says, um, he's talking to these men whose hearts are not broken, whose spirits are not contrite, and whose bellies are not satisfied. Um, and it's just so interesting um, that that's, I mean, that's one group of people. That just is one group of people. And he contrasts that in 18 by saying... This is chapter 56. Yeah, of chapter section, 56. Whatever they're called. Um, but blessed are the poor who are pure in heart, whose hearts are broken, and whose spirits are con contrite. For they shall see the kingdom of God coming in power. And I just want to stop there for a minute and think to myself, it's so interesting to come into these places. You come into Kirtland. Uh, when we take you into Nauvoo, um, you can't see that the um, kingdom of God wasn't coming in power into those places. What, they, what the saints were able to do through their work and their diligence and, and their ability to be stewards and to be planted were these beautiful cities that were built up in just places that were wildernesses before they got there. And I love the thought of that, of them really seeing the kingdom of God actually coming and growing. That They planted it and God grew it up all over the whole world. And I love when it yeah, says... Yeah, because we sometimes have this wrong idea that we're... Like that verse might make someone think like, oh, they saw the kingdom of God coming down, you know, from above. And, and one day God will come mm, to this earth and crown true. it with his presence. But the kingdom of, this is heaven here. Mm -hmm. Like the kingdom of yeah, God we, grows from the inside we out. Are right? the like it's building here, you yeah. know. 
and mm -hmm. and I, I they see that and and I think that is really really powerful yep and I love it that he goes on and says you're not just gonna see that kingdom growing but you're gonna um, have great glory unto your deliverance for the fatness of the earth shall be theirs and it just is true wherever people live so that the kingdom of God can grow that is what happens is great deliverance and um, I love that he uses the word fatness mm -hmm. that you just are gonna have the best of everything for behold the Lord shall come and his recompense shall be with him and he shall reward every man and that's true of the second coming and everything that will follow but it's also true now when we are willing um, to do what we can where we are for a little season as for years so our question we're gonna end with a we're gonna end with a song again with um, Jason Deere and some other friends hopefully uh, that you're just gonna love so much and kind of show around this place and as you look and consider what they built up in these cities and places and mm -hmm. what their different scrap jobs were that all fit together just to think about where have you been planted in this particular um, season in your life and what is your work and and how will you be faithful just and true to that and uh, so I want you to think about that as you listen to the song and and uh, yeah. Yeah. So good. See you next Kay. week. I've heard my name crossing the waters, calling from somewhere that I've never been. I met a young man on a corner in Dublin. He told me the heavens have opened again. And I'm waving farewell to my sweet Ireland Cause somewhere there's a prophet in a place they call Kirtland And he's building a temple to worship my God And I'm filled with new scripture, angels and heavenly things Wrapped up in American dreams I kissed the ground when I reached Ellis Island White snow was falling from cold winter sky I asked a man how to get to Ohio He said, son, all the works in those Virginia mines I said, it's more than a job that I've got on my mind Cause somewhere there's a prophet in a place they call Kirtland And he's building a temple to worship my God And I'm filled with new scripture, angels and heavenly things Wrapped up in American filled my eyes as Joseph reached out for my hand and said welcome my friend 
Now I know there's a prophet in a place they call Kirtland. And I'm building a temple to worship my God. And I'm filled with new scripture, angels and heavenly things. Wrapped up in American dreams. Wrapped up in American dreams. <laughs> this audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.